Father, with this morning, we just come to you, Father. We just want to thank you for the gift of another day. To live with you, to live for you, and to serve you, Lord. To that end, we commit ourselves, Lord, everyone here, everyone who's listening, everyone who'll listen in the days to come. We just want to thank you, Father. Just want to thank you for your goodness. You are so good to us, O Lord. You are good to us because you are good. You cannot be anything else. And we just thank you. We are saved, we are your children, and we serve you. And not the wicked gods of this world. We have to be at peace day and night. When our Father gives us everything freely. We just want to thank you, Father. Come in the ministry of the word into thy hands. It's your word. Our Father's word. Help us to receive it, Lord. Teach us, Father. Teach us. We sit with you. Sit at your feet. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we are studying from the book of Titus. Today I will go Back to the foundations, okay? But we look at Titus chapter 1 and verse 7 and 8. For a bishop. Any bishops here? Okay. But one day we hope to be, right? A bishop. Not on a chessboard, but... Uh... <laughs> okay. Okay. For a bishop must be blameless. As a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, and self-controlled. If you look at the key, the key word there is the word must be. Okay? So if you look at these two words, it's basically what we should be and what we should not be. Okay? Be blameless. Be not be self-willed, okay? Be not be quick-tempered. Be not be given to wine. Be not be violent. Be hospitable. Be good. Be sober-minded. Be just. Be holy. Be self-controlled. It is all about being, okay? It's all about being. That's how we need to understand the key difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We have to go back to it because always with us who are in the kingdom of God, there is always this, this, especially we who hear all the time the word of God, the pressure is not to fall onto the side of the world. The pressure is always to fall on the side of the law. Because the entire Old Testament basically was read wrongly, not the law was wrong, read wrongly was about being. Do, 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 do. If you do, 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 then you will be. The new covenant is never about doing so that you will be. You are, therefore you do. Okay? And there's a huge difference between these two. Huge difference. Okay? So, there's always a difference between how you read the Bible. How the saved and the unsaved read the Bible. It's always a difference how the saved. 
Because the Bible, primarily the Bible, is written, especially the New Testament, is written to the saved. It is not written to the unsaved. So when the unsaved read the Bible and criticize, don't be bothered. Okay, don't be bothered. The Bible was never written for the unsaved. It was written for the saved. It is instructions for who are saved. Instructions for who are going to heaven. Okay? So that's why the Bible says, law came through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So true Christianity is not behavior modification. It is not. Though it changes your behavior, it is not. That is the law. The law works on the outside. That's the difference. Before cameras came, how people drove during the day and how they drove in the night. Before cameras came in the night, where there was no traffic, lights did not matter. Okay. okay, because what is the purpose of the law? Behavior mod- modification from outside. Primarily, First Timothy chapter one verse nine says, "Knowing this, the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless. The law is not for the righteous person." Remember, first remember, when you think about righteous, there's none righteous, okay, unless you become righteous by faith. So the law was not made for the righteous. The law was made for the lawless. Okay, the lawless. So what is the purpose of the law? Behave well in public. It could never change your behavior in private. Okay, behavior in private. Our best Acts of righteousness under the law is defined by God in Isaiah 64, 6. Our best acts of righteousness under the law. What is that? All our righteousness, righteousnesses, our righteousnesses, acts of righteousnesses are like filthy racks. Our best act, God says, holds his nose and puts them in the garbage bin. Literally. Okay. I don't think even he holds this, he uses a long stick and puts it down. All our best acts of righteousness. Okay. So the law is for the lawless. The law was not supposed to make man righteous. Because it could not. And that is the danger of the law. Okay. Once you are saved or going back to the law. Because rules without Relationship will only bring rebellion. Okay? Understand that. Okay? And that's an advice to parents. Advice to parents. We give children rules. But you give them just rules without a relationship, it will only bring rebellion. What God offers... God offers is not rules first. What God offers is a relationship, what we call a new birth. Because the old man is born, as Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, 
and in sin my mother conceived me. Okay, a lot of people got upset when I preached about this long time back online, thinking that my mother is a sinner. <laughs> Which is true, all mothers are sinners, but that's not what was implied. Okay, he called me a maaku papi banana. You know, in India, we are, we are very this thing about the mother and the cow, no? These two things, we are very this thing, no? Okay. You hit the bull, they are not very much bothered, don't touch the cow, okay? Okay. So what it means is that a sinner can only birth a sinner. When Adam and Eve sinned, they did not have children before they fell. That would have been an interesting case scenario, what that would have been, okay? But they had children only after they fell. So once they were, Sinners and all, everyone subsequently were born in sin. And the problem is, when you're born in sin, you're born under the law. Romans 7 and verse 12. The law is holy. Commandment is holy and just and good. Why? The Bible doesn't say law came from Moses. Through Moses. The law is not Moses. Moses is a sinner. The law came from God through Moses. Okay? Understand the difference. Because the law came from God and everything about God is holy, the law is holy. The law is just and the law is good. Okay? But what is the problem? And the other problem is that the law is spiritual too. Verse 14. Okay? The problem is not with the law. We know that the law is spiritual. But the problem is not the law. The problem is me. Before we were born again. The law is spiritual. I am unspiritual. The law is holy. I am unrighteous. Because we are carnal. The problem is not with the law. Okay, There is no problem with the law. Okay, But I am carnal. Sold under sin for sin. Okay, By sin for sin. <laughs> under sin. Okay, That is what we were. And what does it cause? If a carnal man tries to be spiritual, it only causes frustration. That's basically what the word of God is saying, verse 7, verse 24. This is the carnal Paul trying to be spiritual under the law. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Okay, this is a problem. So, Whenever you are in the house of God, be very, very careful how you are listening. Because your reaction will tell you who you are. Are you a carnal man trying to be spiritual? Then you will be always frustrated when you hear the word of God because you hear it only has law. So God's solution. God's solution was very, very simple. God's solution is not behavior modification. His solution was new birth. Absolutely new birth. And look at John chapter 3. Familiar verses. Let's get at fundamentals and then we'll go. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Other words, what is born of carnal nature is carnal. What is born of sinful nature is sinful. Which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you must be born again, all over again. Okay? All over again you have to be born again. He says this, don't even try. I mean, if you live under the law, it is good for the society. Good for the society. I mean, the law, we need, the society needs law. Okay? Are you getting the picture? The society needs law. Okay? But God says, God's children don't need it. 
they don't need it society needs law but god's children don't need it don't need it. we don't need an outside law okay but the society needs law do not marvel that i said to you you must be born again okay this is a simple so there are children here because they are so small we do not know how many of them are actually born again and they could be they could be born again okay they could all could all of them could be born again or may not be we do not know okay we do not know okay but the carnal man trying to do spiritual things always causes frustration the real real f- frustration and god wants to give us liberty because we are talking about liberty okay we were, we are born slaves and we are born again free we were not born free we were born free animals are born free we are not honestly they have more freedom than us because they have no guilt they have no guilt okay they have no guilt i've never seen a dog repenting yet <laughs> okay hmm Whenever, whenever I had cats and they drank the milk, they jumped out of the window. They didn't say sorry. <laughs> okay. 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 So please understand. You need to understand because this is fundamental. Okay. Because if I am under the law, I'm not born again. If I'm under the law, I try to be spiritual. It will always cause frustration. always cause frustration and because the more you look at the law the more you realize what it demands it's a frustration and when you're born again what it does it it sets you free it sets you free you can either be a slave under the law or you can be a son under grace it's as simple as that so you need to ask yourself how am i sitting in the house of god as a son or as a slave and how will you know how you hear i'll tell you a personal example okay i mean because you guys know it i was born into a family parents of english teachers so you grew up with books all around and i think we started very early very very early as soon as i started to read i was all, all i was doing was play and read and it was all literature 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 and then you go to school it's not only literature it is one subject literature and rest is other subjects okay and therefore here here is here is a literary mind struggling with science but the problem is choices are not made by you they are made for you by others because this is india that's law and the choices are always made scientifically hmm? so here is a literary mind struggling with some what science literally with science and uh, math no really struggled with math you know what the problem was this not math is holy and just and good <laughs> this math came from god there's nothing wrong with math the problem was my mind okay until for the first time in my life i had the freedom without anybody knowing the lord knowing the lord did not know i made a decision in my life what is that i went and applied for ba english nobody knew. and what happened i was liberated before it was a literary mind studying science now it's a literary mind studying literature okay i was free 
Does that mean I did not struggle with literature? Of course I did. But it was a different struggle. It was a literary mind struggling with literature. And I have told you my experiences of, no, but it was God. Now I look back and I see God. How I went for interviews, no? For jobs as profs or you don't begin as a prof, but a lecturer in English. And it should have been me. But each time I did not get it. You know what the problem was? The problem was the expert sitting there asked me a linguistic question. And linguistics is the science in lit- and it's not literature. So every time a linguistic question comes, my mind goes blank. And now I realize it was a setup from God. <laughs> and the other time when I should have got it and I lost it, is because the expert, the board, direct board of the, the director of the board who was the linguistic guy asked a literary question and I fought with him because he didn't like my answer. Okay. Again, it was a setup because if it wasn't a setup, I wouldn't be here. Okay. The whole idea is to realize is that we need to change our thinking. If we don't realize our thinking, our thinking doesn't change. You know, we will get caught in the trap of the law of doing, 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 and get frustrated at the end of the day. The law is about doing. And God does not come and say, do. He does not. He says, be. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. The law is spiritual. The carnal man doesn't see it. The carnal man is not able to see the spirit in the law. So when the law is given to the carnal man, the letter of the law kills because he is able to see only the letter and never the spirit. But when you are born again by the spirit, you are able to be the spirit of the law which sets you free. Okay? So God's solution is be born again. Be born again. So the Bible says in John 1, 12, But as many as received him, he gave them the right or the authority of what? To become children of God to those who believe in his name. Please, please understand this. The Bible does not say that as many as they received an idea. As many as received him. Okay, as many. I can be a Buddhist without receiving Buddha. I can be a Muslim without receiving Muhammad. In the first place, you can't receive Muhammad. Okay. You can be a part of any religion without receiving the founder. But you cannot be a Christian without receiving Christ. So the Bible says it is very clear. There are a lot of Christians who have not received him. They are under the law. Within quotes, Christians. And there are Christians who have received him. As many as who received him. What is receiving him? One, we receive his work of atonement. We receive his work for us. He didn't have to do any of those things for himself. Please understand that. He didn't have to do any of those things for himself. He could have remained in heaven. He came and did it all for us. So first we have to receive his work. He did it for me. Second, I have to receive his life. I have to receive his life. 
So when I am born again, there is my old life. When I am born again, I am also not only receiving his work, now I am receiving his life, the new life. That is why it is his spirit that comes to live in us. Okay? So what matters? Identity matters. Identity matters. That is doctrine. That's why if you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 42, those who gladly received his word, whose word? Peter's word about Christ. Because it is not that as many as who received him. No, because Peter is speaking. As many as who received Peter, nobody will be born again. They will be like Peter. No? Flipping, flip-flop, flip-flop. That's Peter. As many as who gladly received his word about him were baptized. What is baptism? Baptism is basically saying, I am dead to the law. I died. I died. Law is not going to die, so I have to die. And that day about 3,000 were added to them and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. This is the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine matters. And the first thing about the doctrine, it is not written what they taught. But from the sum total of the letters we have, we have a rough idea of what they would have taught. What are they were teaching? Okay. The first thing about the doctrine, the first thing is who you are and who you are not. It matters. Who you are and who you are not. Okay. Live it out. This is who you are. And now live that out. This is the wisdom of God. And NIV puts it beautifully in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our righteous, our redemption. Who is Christ? My righteousness. Who is Christ? My holiness. Who is Christ? My redemption. In Christ. So in Christ, I'm already holy. Therefore, I need to do things. In Christ, I am already righteous. Therefore, I do these things. In the law, that is not. You do things to become righteous. You do things to become holy. God says that's not how it is. It will never work. It will only frustrate you. First, know who you are in Christ Jesus. This is the wisdom of God. That's what the whole First chapter of Corinthians is talking about the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. The foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of man. And man in his wisdom, the wise man in his wisdom could not understand the wisdom of God. What is the wisdom of God? What is this wisdom of God for us? You know what? I don't have to try to be holy to please God. I am already holy. I don't have to be righteous to be, please God, I'm already righteous. And out of that, it should be, flow out. You are, therefore, this is what you should be. This is what you should do. It's as simple as that. This is what you are. And that is, and this is what you are not. Your old identity is gone. This is what you are not. Okay, so when we looked at Titus 1, it says, this is what you are not. Be this and be not this. Be this and be not this. Be this, not do. First, identity has to be fixed. Otherwise, we will go into performance. And we fall under the trap of the law, which leads to frustration. Okay? 
if you are born again by the spirit of god then this is who you are if you try to modify outward behavior what you will end up is with legalism okay legalism but if you really know who you are you know this uh, go back and check on google okay because we don't have that tree here the oak tree and if you look at its seed it's only small it's called an acorn uh, you have this saying in english out of little acorns comes the mighty oak tree you take a look at the acorn okay i think it's pronounced acorn okay the seed of the oak tree and then you look at the tree if you look at this you will never believe one day it will be this you never believe it will be one day you look at the tree i mean you ask this child you bring this child and they all look at this tree wow and then you saw this tree you know one day it was like this and you will say nah you're kidding you are joking but they don't understand you said you are joking okay you are joking but everything that that tree should be was already in that so in that thing when you were born again you were holy you were righteous you were just you were loving you were kind you were long suffering you are peaceful you are patient everything that god is already there in you that's where you start you are not doing things to become something you are something therefore you do things there's a whole ocean of difference between these two and that we have to come back to always because always is the danger of flipping into law okay let's go to hebrews chapter 10 verses 1 to 4 for the law having a shadow of good things to come what is a shadow of the good things to come grace law is a shadow of grace the law also shows you can be holy you can be righteous you can be all these things but a shadow but where does the reality come reality comes only when grace comes shadow good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect what is the whole idea of people who are going under the law of africa's lord who will deliver me i want to be perfect it's like abigail struggling with the father to be perfect in math i'm guessing okay i'm guessing right okay one day you will be okay better than your dad okay because that's what jesus told us but you can do greater things than this okay so you must all say one day i'll be better okay abigail okay what jesus while from there <laughs> okay okay um, and emmanuel are you too okay okay <laughs> two two <laughs> she doesn't care about math okay <laughs> then you come to emmanuel okay i shall teach you literature okay go to verse 2 then they would not have ceased to be offered for the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sin but in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year but look at what for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins solution verse 5 onwards therefore when he came into the world got solution He said sacrifice and offering you did not desire but a body you prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure okay then i said behold i have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will o god 
previously saying sacrifice and offering burnt offerings offerings for sin you did not desire nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law then he said behold i have come to do your will o god he takes away the first that he may establish the second now the question is what is the will of god he came to do we all know about he came to do the will of god it is written in the volume of the book about me what is the will of god he came to do is verse 10 what is that that by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of jesus christ once for all this was the will of god son you know what i am holy you are holy the spirit is holy these people are not you know what son we need to make these people holy son said done deed that i will go and i will do what you tell you to do and through my death and resurrection when they believe they will be like us holy this was the will of god for him this is the will that he came to do once and for all we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of jesus christ once and for all understand god's solution this is god's solution read now verse from 11 onwards every priest difference between law and grace every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins let's let's i mean we are not mocking them we are talking the truth about it like if if you are a hindu you rise up and you say the same mantra every day right if you are a muslim you get up and you say the same prayers five times i know how many times you do the same thing go to the same place every year trap of religion if you are a catholic you go to rome as same place same prayers same rosary same thing we don't realize we were all caught in this trap see why but do you feel good after you feel good for a little while okay but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for ever sat down at the right hand of god the priests are standing he sat down it's a spiritual position from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool for by one offering he has perfected for ever those who are being sanctified god when he sees his children who are believed and born again in christ sees them perfect who are being sanctified okay the akon will become an oak tree perfect perfect okay. now yesterday we had a new baby in the house right did anybody take the baby and said how come you're like this you should be 6 feet by now did anybody say nobody said that the whole thing was so cute she's perfect it's perfect it's perfect all babies when they born they're perfect okay and that's what god is talking about when you're born again in the spirit in christ when god looks what he sees is you're perfect forever and you're being sanctified okay you're being sanctified this is where it all begins this is all if you don't get this we will try to go under the trap of the law and go under condemnation and frustration first corinthians chapter 1 verse 2 chapter 1 verse 2 to the church of god 
which is at you know that Corinthian church. Boxers all are boxing. All are fighting. Everything under the sun, the Solomon said, is found there, including vanity. Everything is there. But what does he call them? The church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. What does sanctified mean? Holy. Set apart. This is who you are. This is who you are. If you're born again, this is who you are. We are first sanctified or made holy in God. Then call to live it out. Okay. First be, then work it out. Second Corinthians 5 verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become. The righteousness of God in him. Okay. God first declares us righteous. Then says work it out. He declares us holy. And says work it out. He declares us loving. And says work it out. You don't do things and become loving. You are loving therefore you do things. Okay. And get that in your head. Wives and husbands. Don't go under the law. You don't love me because you don't do anything. Now tell the other thing. You are loving. But you don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Because the fact cannot change. You are loving because you are born again. But the fact you are not working it out. That's how it works. Identity matters. Identity matters because how we see ourselves really, really matters. Really, because that's how God sees us. Okay. The law, on the other hand, okay, the law will, if you have a legalistic framework of thinking, you'll be always frustrated. Look at the purpose of the law. Galatians 3 to 25. Okay. The the scripture has confined all under sin. What is the scripture? The law. The law and the is confined every sub go that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ must be given to those who believe. Before faith came, we were kept under God by the law. The law is for the lawless. And after Adam fell, everybody was lawless, so God gave the law. The law was given. Kept for faith which would afterward be revealed. Okay, and verse 24. Therefore, the law was of a tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Okay. By faith, Christ has come. That's what it means. If our faith is genuine, it's not the faith to do things, to faith to believe in what God says and you are born again. That's what faith, that's what faith here means. After faith has come, Christ has come. If you read that chapter carefully, the two words that use interchangeably, faith has come, Christ has come. Faith has come, Christ has come. If faith has come, Christ has come. Remember, uh, in the end of it, he will ask this question, examine yourself whether you are in the faith. If Christ is in you. It's not talking about works. Because a man can have good works and have no Christ. And his works are still filthy rags before God. 
and man can have christ and no hardly any works but he is still a child of god and it is it's uh, it is uh, very difficult for the legalistic mind to accept how god accepts god accepts christ and therefore god accepts everyone who is in christ his work and his life okay so identity matters it does matter efficiency 1 2 grace to you and peace yeah let's start from verse 1 paul yeah it is verse 1 actually paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god to the saints who are in ephesus and faithful in christ jesus you are a saint in christ you are faithful in christ you need to ask yourself we need to think that way it's not i will do things and be faithful i'm already faithful in christ and i will do things that are faithful holiness is not the way to christ christ is the way to holiness righteousness is not the way to christ or to god christ is the way to righteousness that's why jesus said i am the way faithfulness is not the way to god christ is the way to faithfulness everything begins with christ in us and in the old testament there were saints who understand understood the new covenant so what does the psalmist say the bold are righteous does he say that is the righteous are bold It isn't that the bold are righteous. There are a lot of bold people in the house, in the world. They're not uh, righteous, but God says, if you are righteous, you should be bold. You know why? It's an outworking of who God is in you. You can't be fearful. He says you cannot be fearful. This is Paul is talking to you. Why are you fearful? God has given Christ through the Holy Spirit. He has not given you the spirit of fear. What has He given you? The spirit of love. You should be loving. He has given you the spirit of power. You should be bold. you should be thinking straight because you've given your sound mind why are you acting like this this is not what you are supposed to be because you are somebody else completely you are acting contrary to your new nature you are acting contrary to your new nature and there's a whole lot of difference when you start looking at life that way righteousness or holiness or any of these things is not progressive it is instantaneous you are made perfect instantaneously when you are born again it happens the moment you and i got saved and we are born again righteous living is progressive it's like the children they're learning to live <laughs> so we don't expect them to talk like us act like us do things like us but one day we expect them to right one day we expect them to we expect them to grow so the moment a person is born again he is instantaneously immediately declared righteous just holy loving kind merciful because these are all what is called the fruit of the holy spirit so if the spirit is in you you have it all you have it all now god says work it out work it out work it out work it out that's why paul is saying i pray 
in Ephesians chapter 1. I pray your eyes will, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What? In the knowledge of him. You really know, we know, are you and I know who is Christ in you. The knowledge of him. What? That the eyes of our, yeah, next verse. That eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He said, you know what, I just wish your eyes were opened. Open what? Not to look around in the world to see who is Christ in you. Who is the Christ in you? If only you would able to know who that new man is. And not go back under the law, who that new man is. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 onwards. For God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. When we were made alive? In Christ. By grace you have been saved. Which is a gift. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What did he do? Though we are standing here, sitting here, God doesn't see us that way. He sees us in Christ. And God says, I want you to see yourself also. We are in Christ. In heaven, we are in Christ. On earth, Christ is in us. Both are realities. In heaven, we are in Christ. On earth, Christ is in us. Okay? That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Okay? Are you, are you getting the picture? Now, Christ is in us. There, we are in Christ. We are in Christ. Both are identities. Okay? Both are identities. And what does the Bible say? The reality is verse 6. The first thing he says is, he has made us sit down. Made us sit down. Okay, he has made us. That's the first thing. The first thing we need to understand about our identity is, sit down. Sit down in Christ. You are a child. You are a child. You are a son. You are a daughter. First be assured about your identity. As long as you are not in under the law, you are never assured of your identity. That's why you have to keep on doing the same things. Because your identity comes from your works. And when you fail in your work, you start questioning your identity. And people, parents, all being under the law, when the children fail, you will say, you are not my child. Because you are identified by your works. God says first, you are my son. Sit there absolutely sure in your identity. Seated. Because if we are not seated, we cannot receive what God has for us. And this, this you remember the signs in the Bible. You go to the feeding of the 5,000. Three times it is written about the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus said, make the people sit down. Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. What is the first thing God says? Sit down. Sit down. And the people sat down. The Bible says in verse 11, Jesus took the loaves. When he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. 
See, if I'm not seated in Christ, I cannot receive what God has for me. I'll be always working for it. Are you getting the picture? So the Bible is very clear over there. God gave to the disciples. The disciples gave it to those who were sitting down. And the Bible says everyone ate and was filled. Why? Because they sat down. You know why we are dissatisfied with life? Because we are still trying to stand and work. And you know what? We'll be always be dissatisfied because it is true. God is never satisfied with our works. We can never please God by our works. It is impossible to please God with our works. Because it is only by faith we can please God. And the first act of faith is sit down. Accept the work of Christ. God is satisfied with the work of Christ on the cross. God is satisfied the life of Christ. We are accepted in Christ. Okay? You're getting the picture? Sit down, God says. Sit down. Sit down. And that's the most difficult thing. Where God says, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. So we are sons. How are we sitting here? Sons and daughters by grace or slaves under law? Do or be? If you are coming under that, this thing of I have to do this, we will always come under condemnation whenever you hear the word. You will feel condemned. But if you come as a son or a daughter, when you hear the word, you don't receive it as condemnation, you receive it as instruction. So different between condemnation and instruction. Okay? Look at Second Timothy. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Okay. It's all for instruction. Okay. It is not for condemnation. Condemnation is for slaves. Instruction is for sons. Okay. So God says, how do you sit in the house of God? How do you sit in the house of God. How do you and I receive the word of God? It makes a lot of difference. Are you a son or are you a slave? That's why the Bible says, as many as who received him, he gave them the authority, the right to be the children, the sons, the daughters of God, received whom? The Holy Spirit. So how you see, I see ourselves matter. It matters. Remember we said, the truth shall set you free. That is John 8.32. The sun shall set you free. Okay, so what is truth? That's the question is, what is truth? Truth shall set you free. The sun shall set you free. What is truth? You know what truth is? Truth is what God says. And truth is who God is. Two things. God is truth. Therefore, whatever he says is true. If God says you are free, you are free. If God says just believe, just believe. That is the truth. If God says you are without sin, you are without sin. If God says you are just, you are just. If God says you are holy, you are holy. You don't have to do anything about it. It is true because God said. Okay. Let, let's think about this uh, situation in the Supreme Court. Okay, We go to the Supreme Court because that's the highest court and the full bench. 
and that is this guy. The media has crucified him, pronounced guilty. Most of the people in the country think he's guilty. And on that day, the full bench unanimously declares not guilty. It doesn't matter what people say. He walks free. He walks free. In the same way, what is true is what God says. And everything God says is true. As many as who received him, he gave them the right to be the children of God. We received Christ. How do you receive Christ? You receive his work. If you have to receive his work, you have to give up your work. You cannot have both. You cannot. I will receive his work and add my work. God says no. That is why the first thing is repentance from dead works. Give up your good works. Give up all your works. Just receive his work by faith. As many as you received him. His work. Not only his work. His life. You have to receive his life too. God is satisfied with Christ's life. God is satisfied with his life. We receive his work and we receive his life. That is why he had to live a life that was spotless. Now we, we only think about Jesus' death on the cross. His death on the cross would have been meaningless if he hadn't lived a spotless life. Why did he live that life for us? God says, I'm satisfied with my son's life. I'm satisfied with my son's death as atonement. His death on the cross was atonement for our sins. His life before that was to replace our life. So don't bring your good works or your bad works there. Just give it all up. Receive as many as you received. Because what matters is what we think about ourselves really, really matters. You shall know this truth and the truth shall So how you think mattered. So when you come as people who are God's children, God says in Romans 12 too, what happens? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is this world? The world is full of slaves. Full of people pleasers. Who are people pleasers? Slaves of people. Why do people do the stuff they do in the world like we all did? Why do? Because we wanted to be accepted by somebody. But God says, you are already accepted. You don't have to do anything. I accepted you because you accepted my son. In my son, you are already accepted. You know, it's such a liberty. Such a liberty. As parents, we need to think that. We need to think that. Okay. You do these, these, these things, then you are my son. No, you are my son, therefore do these things. That's what God says. We struggle, the whole world struggles and almost everything the world does is for acceptance. Whatever people pursue is because they want to be accepted. Want to be accepted. And God says, you don't have to do any of these things. Because if you do any of these things, you will never be accepted. If you come to me based on the works of the law, anything, you cannot be accepted because the standard is too high. Too high. The only way you can be accepted under the law, you need to be 100% perfect. And you cannot. Don't even try because when you started itself, you failed. You were born in sin. You're born in sin. 
Okay, so don't even try. So his life is accepted. We understand what happened on the cross. There's so many things that happened on the cross. Okay, why? We need to go back, otherwise we will not walk in liberty. That's why the Bible says where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. What does the Spirit say? You are a son. What? Who are you trying to please? Who are you trying to please? You're trying to please God with your good works, no? I'm not saying good works doesn't have its place, but that's not the reason we do good works. We do good things because we are good. It should be something that is natural. We do things that are righteous because we are righteous. And don't go back to the other way because you know what? Otherwise what will happen is the same thing happens with so many people in all the churches. When they sin, they go under condemnation and don't come back saying, I will become good and then I will come back. (laughs) Because it doesn't work that way. When you you were my son, you fell, you stopped being my son. (laughs) How did he stop being my son? See, this is a trap both the sons had. The prodigal son and the elder son. Both were caught in the trap. The prodigal son falls, 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 falls. And now he's got into his mind. You know what? I'm not a son. I'm a servant. Maybe if I go back and say, can I be one of your hired servants? The elder son is slaving, 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 saying, I slaved for you all these years. You did not even give me. You know what? Both the father does not address them either as servants. He addresses this as son and that as son. The father never saw them as anything other than has sons. You fell, this fellow worked so hard. But you know what? I accept you both not because you fell and not because you worked. I accept you both because you are my sons. And that never changes. That never changes. You're both my sons. You're both my sons. You are not my son because you worked so hard for me. And he did not stop being my son because he went far away and fell into the pit. He said, both yourselves. When he came back, he realized, I haven't changed. And this guy is sitting next to me and he doesn't realize who I am. You're always my sons. It never changes. And from there only we can flow into the liberty which God gives us. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Okay? Because the whole idea, because on other days we are looking at the mind. And on Saturdays we are looking at how that mind should change so that we become something which God wants us to be naturally. Before we were and what we become, how you think. Verse 17, this I say and therefore testify in the Lord, you should no longer walk. Okay, remember, Watchman, he wrote this beautiful, tiny little book called Sit, Walk and Stand. Okay, standing is against the enemy. Walking is an outflow because you have been seated with Christ. First you are unknow your identity. Now you are a son. You should not be walking like this. This is how you should be. So the instruction should be seen that way, not as condemnation. It should be seen as instruction of righteousness because you are righteous. Okay, I say therefore testify in the Lord, you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Ephesus is in a Gentile city. These are not Jews. So they were originally Gentiles. Okay, we were all Gentiles. Doesn't matter which family we are born in. If you are born in a Syrian family, you are a Syrian Gentile. That's all. <laughs> right. right, right. We were all Syrian Gentiles. Okay? <laughs> okay. 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 If you were a Hindu and a Brahmin, you were a Brahmin Gentile. So it does not matter who you are. We were all Gentiles. Okay. Walk as the rest of the Gentile. How do Gentiles walk? How did we walk? In the futility of our mind. Mind. 
Okay. When we did whatever we did, whether when we when we did bad, we had fun, and then later we had a hangover. When we did good, we felt good, but after that it didn't satisfy. That's the problem with when you have a Gentile mind. It didn't matter what you do, it never lasted. Okay, verse 18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from what? Not alienated from God. We are alienated from the life of God. God will not accept anything from us other than his own life. He will not accept anything other than his own life. And that is Christ. When you have Christ in you, that is the life of God. Because Christ came here and did not live his life. He said, I will live your life. We are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. And what is the primary reason is ignorance. That's why God says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Basically, we die because we do not know who we are and what we should do. Because of the blindness of their heart. Now, if you go from there, okay, verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. See, this is an interesting. The Bible doesn't say you have not learned the Bible. You should not learn the Bible without knowing Christ. Because the Bible without Christ is a book of law. It's full of rules only. If you as an unbeliever read the Bible, the Holy Spirit should lead you to Christ. That is the only purpose of the rules in the Bible, is to lead you to Christ. Once you have received Christ, the Bible becomes a different book. When you read the Bible before you are a believer, and when you read the Bible before, after you become a believer, are two different books. The same text, same letters, same stories, everything. Okay? Everything. So don't worry about the children. Okay, They are children. Mothers, don't worry about the children. Children are children. Don't expect them to sit like you and listen. It is impossible for them. Unless I take Sunday school, then they will listen. Then you won't listen. The problem is that you won't listen. Right? It's so boring. Um, I wish I didn't come. But you can't come because the teacher is the same. You can't go, right? So, please understand, don't worry about them. While I'm teaching you, something is getting into your, into their minds. What is off their level? Remember the whole Malayali joke, like the mother feeding the our Indian mothers, no? Go, 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 go. And the father is saying, 90% of the food is falling onto the ground. Amma is saying, Thiriyangulu vai chalun. Meaning something is going into his mouth. So when I am preaching to you, something is going into them, so don't worry. My problem is because your constant concentration is here, whether something is going into your mind. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Okay, leave them alone. There, that is why Jesus never had problem with children. He had only problem with adults. Have you noticed? He never had problem with children. <laughs> he said, bring them to me. They are not a distraction. They are an attraction. Think that, okay, parents, what are children? Attraction, not a distraction. That's original, okay? You can put it there from me. Okay, so that, but you have not so learned Christ. You have not so. That's not, so he's not giving you, he's not giving you rules. He's giving you a person. What is God saying? That is not who Christ is, so that is what you should not be. He's not giving you rules here. The new covenant is not rules, it's a person. The spirit of Christ dwells in us. This is not what Christ is. Therefore, this is not what is. 
you know i remember <laughs> when i joined that school in kerala my father brought and you know they come you know parents all stand there for admission and all that this thing and all and i was watching there my father was sitting and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking because one there were no parents standing for admission because i came in the middle of the academic year then i was listening they were merrily talking because one principal to another principal happily talking to each other because both were principals okay and after that the terrible thing from the fire from frying pan i jumped into the fire whenever i did something the principal i still remember his name babu jatson you cannot forget these people okay babu jatson he calls me to the office and says don't forget your father is a principal Are you getting the picture? I thought I had escaped that. Because that is what I always heard in every class. Don't forget you are the principal son. Don't forget you are the principal son. Don't forget you are the principal son. Pa, when will I escape? This I came here, the principal is saying, don't forget you are the principal son. <laughs> so that's what the Bible is saying. Don't forget who you are. Not what you do. You do these things because of who you are. Who you are. That is not what you so learned Christ. Okay, you're getting the picture because this will fundamentally change the way we think. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. If our mind doesn't change, then our actions won't change. And even if our actions change, it won't last because we haven't changed. We haven't understood who we are. That is not so. You learned Christ. Go further. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. You see, it is all about a person. Have you heard him? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Have you heard? It is not who I am teaching. It is not what I am teaching or I am teaching is what is important. As I am teaching, you should be able to hear the spirit speaking to you. Have you heard him? Have you been taught by him? That is what it means. The anointing will teach you all things. That doesn't mean people say, does that mean I don't need any more teachers? No, you need teachers. And we will need teachers all the way of our life. But through the teachers, it is the anointing, it's the Holy Spirit who is teaching us. Who is that Spirit? The Holy Spirit is your Father. He's the one who birthed you, a born of the Spirit. It's your Father. Did you hear it? Have you been taught by Him? And the truth is in Jesus, in person. No? And so what does He say? Put off. What do you need to do? Put off. That's your old nature, old nature. Put off that old man. And what is 23 says? Put on and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It all begins with the mind. Put on and put off, put on, put off what? The old way of thinking. First thinking. And put on the new way of thinking. What is God saying? God is keep on saying that's not who you are. Put away the old man. That's not who you are. Put on the new man. That is verse 24. Put on the new man. Put on the new man. How was the new man? He was created according to God. Think about that. That new man in each one of us, the minute you are born. Let us say here, and I believe, Abigail got baptized. No? So Abigail, the smallest joy. And I believe these children are all born again. All of them are born again. Okay, But we don't see them because we try to measure them by our standard. Now that's why I said you have to measure them by their standard. And you know what? By, by their standard, they are far better than us when we were their age. They are far better than us. 
Otherwise, rewind your memory and remember what your parents told you at that age. <laughs> we conveniently forget. <laughs> right? They're far better than all of us. <laughs> I can keep saying, remember, to every person, that old pastor said to every person, I'm the only one saved in my family. God saves the words first. <laughs> okay. I, I know, I'm not even joking or false humility. I know it is true about me. If you have any doubts, my mother, 86, is there. Go ask her which was the worst among her five children, which she had no hope. It was me. No hope. All the other four grew without their parents. They trained out straight eyes. Under my father, I was only good when his eyes were on me. Ask her without me what she had to go through. I would pick stones to throw her. Ask her. As a child studying in class one. If she tried to discipline me. <laughs> okay. So you look at these children. They are far better than us. So when you are born again, when you are born again, you know what? We put on the new man which was created according to God. In true righteousness and holiness. That is the truth. And you cannot take that truth away. That is the truth. If you are born again, you have been keep born again how? Created how? According to God. In his image, according to God. God did the whole creation all over again. What you saw in Genesis 1, this is the beginning of the new creation. Okay? And he's preparing a new creation for this new creation here. This new creation in the old creation. Creation according to God in true righteousness and true holiness. It's a powerful statements. Very, very powerful statements. So you are come here as what? You are born again. What have you come here as? Sons of God, created in true righteousness and true holiness to receive instruction on righteousness and holiness. Okay. Are you getting the picture? Otherwise what will happen? If you are not born again, you will find the instruction has condemnation. That is how I sat in a math class in class 12. Condemnation. Seen what is cause beta? I can't even remember those things. <laughs> okay. uh? <laughs> but that first day in literature class, ah, what relief! What relief! But you know something about ML literature? I'll tell you interesting about ML literature. In ML literature, BSc students can join. For ML literature, they will not look at your BA literature marks because. Science students also can apply for MA in English. Your general English marks is tabulated. Become students cannot come for MA because they don't have general English. At least in Kerala, they did not have their English paper was different. But BSc, all branches of science and BA English, their general English papers was the same. So when you applied for MA, they value it. They looked at only your general English paper. So we had for our PG, BSc students who did not get admission for MSc, who came for MA. Now he was the fish out of water. <laughs> Poor fellow cannot even speak English properly. And he's sitting in an MA class and he's struggling. You're getting the picture? If you have come under, under law and walk into a church and you sit there, you know what? All you will receive is 
Bong. Condemnation. Condemnation. No instruction. <laughs> if you came from the world happy, you go out like this. Because it is not instruction. But you have to come as what God says. You, doesn't matter what you feel. A son is a son. And a daughter is a daughter. Son is a son, is a daughter, is a daughter. Okay. That is where it comes. True humility is accepting what God says. It's a false humility. Do you feel righteous? No. That is false. I don't have to feel it. God said. Okay. It's a false humility. I don't feel good. Don't have to feel. God said. God said. He doesn't condemn. When you have conviction, it's a good man feeling bad. It's not a bad man feeling bad. It's a good man feeling bad. It's a difference. Hmm? It's a good man feeling bad. He knows this is what I am not. This is what I am not. The bad man feeling bad is that this is what I am. Who will save me from this miserable life? Okay. When a bad man falls, I think this is what I am. When a good man falls, he says, this is not what I am. This is what, not what I am. It's a difference. It's a whole lot of difference. Like I told you the old illustration about the pig and the cat. Take a pig, give him a shower, put a pink ribbon, Put Pond's powder, send him out straight to the dirt. Did the bath make any difference? Take a cat. Those of you who had cats like me, if you have a cat, put it in the mud. It will jump out of the mud. The whole day it may not eat. All he's doing is cleaning, 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 cleaning. You know, the difference is the nature. Difference is the nature. The pig's nature is dirt. The cat's nature is cleanliness. And there's a whole lot of difference between these two. A man or a woman who's been made, created in true righteousness and in holiness will never be comfortable in sin. That's why Saul, King Saul, was comfortable in sin and David was never, never was comfortable. Therefore, God could not restore Saul. God could restore David. It's a difference. It's a difference. The pictures in the Old Testament. These are pictures and these pictures are real. So when we are talking about be this, be this, be this, be this, be very careful where you are starting from. You are not doing this to become something. You are something, therefore you are doing these things. You always have to come back. Why should I be holy? Why should I be just? Why should I be good? Why should I be loving? Why should I be merciful? Why should I be gracious? Because that is what I am. I have been created according to God in true righteousness and in true holiness. That's what I am. Ephesians chapter 2. We know that. For by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. That is why uh, we cannot boast about it. True humility is realizing that everything you have was given freely. 
And you don't even measure yourself or feel proud about you or look down on others because you know what? Everybody here, all are beggars who are saved by mercy. I have been made sons. Everybody. Everybody. There are no, 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 what you call aliens in God's kingdom. All are sons. Either you are a son or you are out. There are no slaves in God's kingdom. No slaves in God's kingdom. Romans 5 verses 2 to 5. You cannot boast. That's why God hates boasting. And the only way you can remember humble, huh? 4, chapter 4, verses 2 to 5. Okay? It's because you remain humble because you received it as a gift. If Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. Why? Well, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Accounted to him as Meaning, what does it mean? Credited. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Are you getting it? Well, these things, that's why we Bible says have the attitude of Christ. We need to be humble. That's why sons and daughters are real. I mean, honestly, none of you have ever been. But I lived in a monarchy. And I still remember the present uh, king of that country, Bhutan, when he came to my classroom, you would never, other than than seeing his entourage of royal bodyguards, you would never know that he was, by his attitude, you would never think he was a prince, according to the world. He's such a humble guy. Knocks on the door, this thing, on the door, and says, sir, can I come in? Can I take 10 minutes of your time? Think, who's this man? No, first I didn't recognize him because I didn't see the other people around. I looked at him and I suddenly saw all the students standing up and doing like this. Then I realized, oh, he's the crown prince. And I'm Indians. It doesn't even come into my mind. You are supposed to say, yes, your majesty. But I said, yes, sir. And then we had a staff meeting. And I remember once a staff meeting, the queen was there and the staff meeting, the crown prince was there. And as we were saying, he was saying, okay, what are your issues and all. And I kept on saying, all the teachers were like frozen. They wouldn't say anything. So I was saying some few things. So I said, I kept on saying, sir, no. And the principal was trying to say, uh, you should say your majesty. You know what he said? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's a prince. Because he knows who he is. What you say to him does not make him. He's already something. So whether you address him as sir or as majesty, it doesn't make any difference. Okay. That's why the Bible says, no, the, the old saying is that the crown doesn't make a prince. The prince makes a crown. Okay. okay. And God is saying, you know, you need to know who you are. You are, so you need to be really, really be humble. You know why? You are not saved because of your works. You are saved because you believed in my work. And it is imputed, you credited into your account as righteousness. So don't boast. Because this is important. Just because suddenly we really, we are sons and daughters of God apart. Now we need to buy heels and walk like this. God says, no, stay, stay low, stay, stay low, stay low. Okay, stay low. Okay, okay. No, because that is there in the world. They people, you see, anything that is true and it is powerful, the devil will come and pervert it because he knows there is power in it. 
See, there's power in it. No, because you you cannot have proud sons of God. <laughs> it's an oxymoron. Because God is humble. God is humble. Okay, God is humble. Okay, I remember before that, twenty years before that, this king's current king's father, he was the king. He's still there. He 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 gave up the throne to his son. So I remember then when he visited some institution, we were all asked to stand in line to receive all the students, the national teachers, and we few Indian teachers over there, you know. And to the nationals, he was different. Okay, they won't lift their heads; they will stand like this. But we don't know how to bend, you know, because we are from India. We don't know how to bend. We will only go bend when we go to America. There, I realize Indians bend to get things. Okay, we go to the Middle East; they will bend backwards. <laughs> okay, but. I didn't know how to, you know. And you know what? He's cool. Nothing. He shook my hand. He shook my hand. How do you do? I said, good sir. Again, majesty won't come. What do you teach? I said, English. And he moves to the next one. Okay. And you know what? When I went back to my class, you know what my students said? Sir, if we were you, we, would, we wouldn't wash our hands for a week because the king touched you. <laughs> do you see the difference? Okay. But the king is normal. It's very normal. Okay. So when we know we are the children of God, we should be normal like Jesus was. You know how Jesus walked on earth? It was absolutely normal with everybody. You will ask this question. They come, does your master pay taxes? Peter, do kings or his sons pay taxes? Peter said, no, they live of it. For righteousness sake, let us pay it. Why do we pay taxes? Because the government of India says so. No, because of righteousness sake. I was made in righteousness. True righteousness. And I know my father owns the earth. But take it. You can keep it. We don't pay like the world pays. The world pays because they are afraid of the IT man. We pay because it belongs to my father. Take it. Everything we do within this system, that's what I said, we who drive do not need laws. It's in us. We don't need laws. We know the law. Everybody should know. Otherwise, you shouldn't have return your license. Say, I don't know the laws. <laughs> if you have your license, that means you know the laws. Now, you, nobody needs to tell you how to drive. Nobody needs to tell you, do you have your papers? You have it. You don't need the cops. You're not afraid of the cops. You do it. You keep it. Why? Because it is within us. That is how it should work out. The law is for the lawless. lawless. Don't be lawless, okay? Ephesians 1 2. Yeah, again, verse, so not 1 2, Ephesians 2 1. What are we? I am. Oh, which, which version is this? Special agent. Ephesians, uh, no, no, one, 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 chapter one, and verse one. I think it's verse one. Apostle to the saints who are in Ephesus. It's all written to saints. If you don't see yourself as a saint, you will not be able to understand the letter of Ephesians. You will not. You can memorize the entire letter to Ephesians, but if you forget and identify with the first line, you will not understand it. It is written to saints. It is not written to sinners. It is not written to sinners. 
If you are, if you think of yourself as a sinner and read the letter Ephesians, all you will get at the end of is discouragement, depression and condemnation. It is written to saints. Written to saints. Who sin? Sinners who? Sin. Sorry, saints who? Sin. But written to saints. Is there anybody here who has not sinned after getting saved? Hmm? If you know what is right and don't do it, that is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. That means today also we sinned. Blessed is he in whom God does not impute unrighteousness. You know what that means? That's David's psalm. In uh, Romans 4 and verse 85, right? That's what it says. You know what it means? It means the day you sin as a child of God, it doesn't impute unrighteousness to you. You're already declared righteous. Blessed is the man to whom God shall not impute sin. You're still righteous who sinned. All God is waiting is like the prodigal son for you to come home and say, Dad, I'm sorry. Come home and say, that's what the father says. He's still a son. Your brother, my son has come back. He doesn't say the sinner has come back. He said the son has come back. Understand, because this will set you free. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Before creation and all, this was decided by him. This is what we should be. And can we be that? No. That's why he sent his son. To make us that. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Are you getting the picture? If you don't, if you read verse 4 in isolation without 5, we will think, oh, we have to become holy. God says, you cannot become holy. So to be make you holy, I adopted you first. That's why if you read without the context, some maybe will run away and get a completely different interpretation. The Bible says, he chose us for what? That we should be holy without blame. And for that, what did you do that? He adopted his sons in Christ Jesus. The minute we were adopted in Christ, you know what we became? We became holy and blameless before God. Now God says, work it out. Work it out. Okay. And words having predestined us to adoption as sons of Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. And if you come, um, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his, how did it all do that? It's by grace. That is why you're the, we are praising what? The grace of God. The glory of God. How are we saved? By God's grace. The glory of God's grace. Can anyone earn grace? It is impossible to earn grace. It is freely given to the praise and the glory of his grace. What will people all do in eternity? I'm not talking about works. What will be the attitude of the saints in heaven? They will glorify God's grace. Why am I here in eternity? Because of grace. Why am I living forever, ever, ever in the splendor of God's kingdom? Because of grace. People will praise and glorify grace. The grace of God, the grace of God. We need to understand what grace means. Nobody can earn it. It is impossible to earn grace. From the beginning till the end, it will be free. So that no man will boast. We are accepted in the beloved. 
Can I say this is why? Because most of the things we do, people do, is to be accepted. You know what Romans 5.8 says? For God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what it means? He loved us when we were sinners. He accepted us in Christ when we were sinners. So do you have to do anything now? You don't have to do anything now. And we have to do that with our children. We have to make it very, that's what I said, you know, remember all the Q and I, we talk about discipline and say, you know, I told you the old thing, cane is for discipline, hands are for love. Do not use your hand to discipline your child. Your child should always know these hands are for loving. This is not a part of me. If this is a stick, this is not a part of me. This is different from me. I use it only on special occasion to change your behavior. But this is for loving. It's always for loving. That the child should never identify the hands of God as discipline. That's why he uses the rod of discipline. But if you have a legalistic frame mind, you will see the hands as the rod. While God says in Isaiah, all day long, I stood there with my hands stretched. Nobody came because they saw the hands as a rod. They didn't see the hands with the hands of love. So one day God says, I will prove it to you so that it is in your mind forever. He crucified his hands and says, this is my hands. This is how much I love you. Accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. And we need to be very, very clear about it. That when we are dealing, no, we need to say, Lord, change me, change me. You made me like you. Now, help me to become like you. In my outworking, become like you. So that I do not bring condemnation. I bring conviction. Conviction. That's what the Bible says. Noah convicted his generation by his righteousness. He didn't condemn them. No, he condemned them, basically. No? They, he didn't do anything wrong. They felt condemned when they looked at him. That's what the Bible says to those who are being saved. We are the aroma. But those who are perishing, we are dead. We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. Because unless we see who we are in Christ, we are not going to become what we ought to be. Okay. You are not a sinner trying to be a saint. You are a saint who is putting away the works of the flesh. Okay? You are a saint. You are a son, not a slave. That is why words, Hebrews 4.16 Therefore come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. Where can I come? My, where does my boldness come from? The boldness come from? From? Because you are a child. Because you are a child. That's why the, ch- the children have boldness. Or children should have boldness. Okay? They should not lose their boldness. You know, children had no issues with Jesus. The apostles had. Sorry, yeah. The apostles were trying to stop. Okay? It really, really matters. One of the most, the Oval Office is where the President of U.S. sits his office. And one of the most famous pictures of the Oval Office is when President Kennedy was Hassanet was president and the photographs he was having this meeting and all the photographers and all this thing they saw his little daughter Carolyn crawling from under the table 
The Secret Service won't even let you in unless you have been appointed, screen checked. Carolyn, does she need any of this? And that's what God said. Come boldly. How can I come boldly? Because you are my child. Lord, I fell. Yeah, come. You're my child who fell. Receive mercy. And receive grace so that you don't fall again. You're not under condemnation. You're my child. Always my child. That's where our boldness comes from. If we do not know who we are, we will never be bold to go to God. And as parents sitting over here, we should give our children that boldness, that my punishment for your behavior and who you are to me are completely different. I am disciplining your behavior. You are beloved, loved unconditionally, utterly. I will keep on correcting your behavior. That does not mean at any point I stop loving you. And that's even more God. When we, he loved us when we were sinners. When he loved us when we were his enemies. How much more? Doesn't it make sense? Now that we are sons. So God says come boldly. And therefore. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. No, God will not ask you to be something without giving you to be that. Understand this first. Okay? Let us think about our Pastor Vijay here because our Samir parents are here. Let us say, let's use Samir because Joanna is smaller. Let us say Samir, I don't know if Samir would do it now because she's too small, but maybe. Tell Joanna, go to the Kirana shop and get me a kg of sugar. Will he send him her without money? Will he ask him to go out and do anything without providing the resources for it? God will never ask us to do anything which he has not already provided. Not will provide, already provided. That's what the Bible says. Everything you and I have to be is already been given in Christ Jesus. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ. Everything. Already, that's what Peter also says. It's just not Paul. Peter and Paul, two different apostles in two different letters. His divine power has given to us, given to us all things pertain to life and godliness. It's already given. It's already given. Look at it. Ephesians 2 4. Rich in mercy. What has he given? Like I said, keep saying, ultimately when we stand before God, we'll realize, you know what, I needed only two things in life. I needed mercy, I needed grace, I needed to be filled, I needed to be loved always. Three things. You know what, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So it doesn't matter how you feel you are loved. I have to come back to that, you know, I have to come back to my mother because when Madhulika came is when I learned to be a parent. That is the reason. I had much, when we have children, we are learning. We think we are teaching them. No, we are learning from them. And then this child came in my old age. And every day I used to tell her, I love you. And I will be always there for you. Always. Every day. 
I prayed and had an enormous patience. First thing in the morning, she wakes up before me. And last thing, she's the last one. I have to force her to go to sleep. And always, because Senya, I always wasn't sure, will she go? Will somebody adopt her? And you know, I used to always tell her. Now, let me tell you. She left in the month of May 2017, May 22. What is the year now? 2021. How many years? Four years? How many months? Haven't seen her? Haven't spoken to her. Do you know the result of it? Four years and six months later, I heard through the grapevine that she told her mother last week, you know what? Can we go to India and see my papu? When she left, she was three years old. Four years and six months, she hasn't forgotten. She knows the house. Because then my mother was in there. You know what she said? In my papu's house, there are many rooms. You go upstairs and sleep in the top room. I will sleep with papu downstairs. And grandma will still sleep in the other bedroom. She already decided. Think about it. Now that's what God is saying. You fathers being evil. This is how you behave with your children and they remember you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. How can you forget me? How can you even think that I don't love you? How can you think that you don't love me? These things have to be in our head. Otherwise, we will not become what we are called to become. He's given us everything. What do we need? We need mercy. And you know whatever God is? Rich in mercy. Ultimately, when you finish your life, when you finish your life, people should say about you, you know what? He was a man. She was a woman who was rich in mercy was great in love. And look at the other words I gave you. And exceeding riches of his grace. Three things. That's what God is. Rich in mercy. Great is his love towards us. And the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That should be our testimony when we finish our race. It doesn't matter what else people say. They should have said these three things. You know what? He was rich in mercy. He was great in love. And you know what? Great was his riches of his grace towards us. Out of his grace, I received blessing after blessing after blessing. Did we deserve it? No. Did we receive it? Yes. That's what the Bible says. Out of his fullness of his grace, we have received blessing after blessing. Get this picture of God in our minds. This is who God is. Rich in mercy, great in love, and rich in grace. Lord, make me like you. Make me like you. I want to be that. That's what your father is. Like father, like son. Say, Lord, this is what you are. I want to be like that. I'm already like that. I'm already like that. Now, Lord, help me to put away that old man. And put on the new man. For that, I have to first change my thinking. This is who I am. Therefore, this is what I will be. If you don't change your thinking, nothing is going to. Nothing is going to. It matters. It matters. Therefore, everything I need is already given in Christ Jesus. I have all I need. All the grace. All the faith. All the love. All the patience. All the long-suffering. You can keep on adding all the virtues in the Bible. Connected with God. It's already. 
And if I do not experience it, it is because I do not know that I have it. You can have somebody put all the money in the world into your account, but if you do not know it is there, it makes no use to you. Right? We are prisoners because of ignorance. You know when the little gazelle, the deer, is caught and brought and put in the zoo, it's just kept with a small fencing. You know why it's kept in the fencing? The gazelle has no idea that inside that it can jump seven, 12 feet. If it wants to escape, all it has to go back and jump and jump over the fence, but it doesn't know. And because it doesn't have that knowledge, it lives in that six feet high fence entertaining people all its life. Because he simply doesn't know who it is. God says, you know what? My people perish because of lack of knowledge of who they are in Christ. The people of the old covenant could be excused because they did not know and they were not that. The people of the new covenant just die because of ignorance. Who are you in Christ Jesus? Do you know who you are? Who you are? Hmm? And that's what Paul is trying to say through all the letters you look. If you, That's what I said. If you have this in your heart and in your mind of what you are in Christ and then read the letters, the letters will start looking different. You will understand. Oh, this is what God is trying to tell me. This is what dad is trying to tell me. This is what dad is trying to tell me. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Then if you were raised with Christ. If you are raised with the Christ. Now it's a, it's a scriptural truth that we were raised with Christ. But it may not be a truth for me. I still may think I am a gazelle who is a prisoner. If you are raised with Christ, do you believe you are raised with Christ? If you are raised with seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. What do you need to look? What are you looking at the things about? What if you were seated with Christ? We don't know what heaven looks like. So what are you looking at? Basically when you are in heaven, you are looking at God and says, okay, this is what God is like. And this is what I should be like. This is what Christ is like. This is what I should be. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Look at eternity. Look at eternity. Look at what heaven is going to be like. What heaven is going to be like. One day I want to give you a message on what I believe heaven is going to, is going to be like. I have to say I believe. You cannot say this is, but from scripture what you understand. You realize, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time here. I'm preparing for that. If people gave half the heart for preparing for the kingdom of God, what they do for preparing for need? Half. That's what he's saying. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Think about it. Your life is hidden in Christ, in God. Well, when you walk on earth, Christ's life is hidden in you. In heaven, our life is hidden in Christ, in God. They're mind-boggling. But first you have to think that way. 
You have to believe it. Think, think. Therefore, the Bible will say, put off. Therefore, what does it say? What does it say? What does it say? Put off. Put off all these things. What is that? Anger. Why are you angry? Don't be angry. But why shouldn't I be? Because your father is not angry. Stop. Act like your father. Put off these things. Why? Because the most peaceable person on earth in universe is God. God is always at peace. He's not walking in anger. That's the false gods of this world. With sword, knife, everything. Not God. Look at all the gods of this world and look at our God. He's not angry. Put away these things because you know what? It doesn't suit to who you are in Christ. Doesn't suit your nature. That's not who you are. Don't act like the old person. Act like the new man. This is what the new man is. Put all these things off. In verse 10, put on. Put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Do you get it? It has to come back to that. You have to put on the new man, your new man which was born again in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Christ. The image is Christ. There's a person. And reason, verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy, you're already holy and beloved. It is not a person putting on tender mercies and kindness and humility and meekness and suffering who becomes holy. No, you are holy, therefore you all need to put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness and so You are already, that's how God sees it. God says, you know what, you are holy. You are holy. Now act it out. This is what you need to do. That's why we come to the house of God for instruction. Instruction. We need instruction what to be. It should flow from us naturally. It should flow and it will put on. No? And resources matter. If, if you, if you, if you have to do something, no? If you have to do something, you need resources. Okay? And the two resources we need to do something or to become something in this case, to become something is we need mercy. Why? We will fail. God says, come boldly. Don't worry. Fail. Peter will say, how many times? Lord, seven times? Seventy times seven. You can go as many times as you want. Mercy. Okay? And grace for every need. To become. What you have to become. We need resources. That's what it means. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And through it all, you should do no one thing. You know what? Doesn't matter how many times you fail. Or how many times you succeed. You are always loved the same way. Your failures and successes never make any difference to my love. I always love you the same way with an everlasting love. These three things. Honestly, you look back. That's the only three things which we need in life to be successful. We need mercy. We need mercy. We need grace, the power of God. And we need your beloved. God says all that is there. These are the resources in Christ Jesus, in Christ. When you receive Christ, 
That's what happened, right? Christ came in us through the Holy Spirit, right? In Christ, the fullness of God dwells. So when you and I received Christ, the fullness of God came into us. That is what it means. God does not give the Spirit by measure. Does not. The Holy Spirit you have in you is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Only thing, we are full of other things. Those of us who are from further down south, you know, where we dig our wells, dig our wells, you know what happens? When we start digging the well, the water starts bubbling up. Okay? We realize something, the amount of water there is plenty. How much water you want depends upon how much dirt you are willing to throw out. Now do you understand why God says put out, put out? Everything that he asks you to put out is dirt. And what he fills up with is the spirit. The outflow of the spirit is this tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. The problem is you cannot put on without putting off. Cannot. Put on without putting off. So God says, put off, put off these things, put off these things, put off these things, and keep on, because he gives the spirit without measure. Everything, his divine power has given us everything. All things, all things. Go back, First Peter. All things that pertain to life and godliness. How? How? Through the knowledge of him. That's why we come here. Why do we come to the ministry of the word of God? Why do we study the word of God? We want to know him. Why? If you don't know him, how will you change? Become like him. That's what Paul understood. That's why he wrote the New Testament. He said, you know what? One thing, I want to know him. And to know him, I'm willing to give up anything. I want to know him through the knowledge of him. Why do you want to know him? This is not knowledge. Knowing him is life. Knowing him is life if it becomes our life. Otherwise it just stays as knowledge. And we become what? We become professors, not practitioners. (laughs) You know, in the universities you have professors. Lecturers and professors. Three kinds of people. Lecturers, readers and professors. God says no. In the kingdom of God, you are not. You can read, you can lecture, you can profess, but be a doer. You be and do. You be and you do. How? Through the knowledge of him, who you are in Christ, who Christ is in you, what God has supplied for us in Christ, everything we need in Christ, the fullness of God resides. So in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, what is Peter's final line to us before he died? Grow in grace and in the knowledge. They go together. As you grow in the knowledge of God, keep growing in grace. The power of God, the supply of God and the person of God. You know what? That's what the Bible says. If you're practicing this, it doesn't matter what you look outside. Outside we are all growing old. But inside man is being renewed from glory to glory to glory to glory in the image of him. That's what you are becoming. So know your identity, know your provision, and rest in him. Be seated, rest in him.
Asa close. Do you remember the story in the Old Testament of King David after he became king? Remember? He asked this question. Is there anybody from the household of Saul to whom I can show kindness for the sake of Jonathan? The fellow called Ziba comes and says, there is one who is Mephisobeth and he is Okay, Does the lameness matter to David? Because what he's showing is grace. Okay, The devil will try to say he's lame. He's saying, but God says no. Is there anybody today whom I can show kindness for the sake of Jesus? The devil comes and says he's a sinner. God says, I know, there are only sinners around. I want to show them grace. What kind of grace will you show? Bring him. I'm giving you back everything that belonged to your father. Two, shall sit at my table and eat for the rest of my days. So at the table are sitting David's sons and daughters. Now God does not have sons and daughters. He had only one son. One son. And with him, all the cripples will sit because we were all lame. None of us knew how to walk with God. When man fell, what he lost was his ability to walk with God. He had lost it. And we were lame. But you know what? God did not say, walk with me. God said, sit with me. Sit with me. Sit with me. Sit with me. Nobody would ever question, how dare he sit there? How dare he sit there? Okay? And if you look at it, it makes sense. You know what? These are things the Spirit of God is doing through David for our sake. It makes sense. Because on earth, God's firstborn son is Adam. Adam blew it off. And through Jesus Christ, God is returning it all back. Okay? Jonathan is the firstborn of soul. That is his throne. Jonathan died in battle. The surviving son of Saul, uh, Jonathan, is Mephisobeth. He is entitled to the throne. David says, you know what? Sit at my table. Sit at my table. Sit at my table. It's as simple as The pictures are all over there. Does Mephisobeth deserve anything? No. That's why he says, I am a dead dog. That's true. We are all dead dogs. The wages of sin is death. And God says, sit at my table. Sit at my table. And from there, knowing who we are in Christ, the rest of the things work out. Be righteous. Be just. Be holy. Be kind. Be merciful. Be sober. Why should we be sober? Because Christ is sober. You'll never see Christ drunk anytime. He's sober. Be self-controlled. Why? Because it's always self-controlled. You look at these things, otherwise we will be like caught on the wrong side of God under law. Law will always bring condemnation. Amen? Let us pray. Father, this morning we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're not asking us to do anything first. You are asking us to be something first. Be a son. Be a daughter. Rest in your love. And you are rich in your mercy. 
and the riches of your grace towards us who believe. Oh Father, help us Lord. Help us. Help. We struggle Lord. We struggle. There are no performers in thy kingdom. There are only sons and daughters. And I pray every time we come to you and when we walk, we should never forget whose we are. That is what we are forever. That we've been perfected, created, the new person in true righteousness and holiness. Now God is asking us to work it out. Work out our salvation. Work it out who God is. The Christ in us. To put away and to put on. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the very Spirit who birthed us, through that Spirit we cry out, Abba, Father. You have not given us a spirit of bondage, but the Spirit of sonship. Help us, Lord. Think right, for it all begins in the mind. To renew our mind with a true understanding of who God is and who we are in Christ to God. And then it out flow out of us every day, Lord. Every day. That even when you discipline us and you may scourge us, it is only because you have accepted us and loved us as a son and as a daughter. Not because of anything else. You may scourge us. But it's because you love us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to understand these things. But it will change how we look at life. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Commit everyone, the little ones, all the children, all the other brothers and sisters. Help us each day to become more like you. So that one day, the angels of God will look into eternity and say, like father, like children. Who can understand your heart, O oh Lord? Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. We praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.